I, I, I love that feeling. Okay. All right. So I am seeing here that, that we are live. Um, we're live on YouTube as well as Facebook. And I'm seeing here. Uh, for those who are joining us live, um, go ahead and say hello. Let us know you're here. That way we can give you a quick little shout out. I know the the team here would love to do that. And uh, if there are questions, we will uh, try to, to get to those towards the end. Um, but guys, here we go. We're going to start off uh, start off this show. Um, this is the mid-level show, and I'm ex- super, super excited to be here. I'm excited to do this live. And uh, if you're on YouTube, hello. If you're on Facebook, hello. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, hello. Um, I'm going to introduce our team today. We are with Amber Butler from our Kingsport office and Kara Cairns from our Knoxville office. Uh, guys, thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you for joining us live. We, we normally do this uh, pre-recorded, but this is a, a new format for us, which I'm excited. How, how's everybody doing today? Great. Great. Thank you. How are you? I, I'm wonderful. I, I don't think I can express uh, my, my gratitude, uh, for you guys being here enough. Uh, we've got, we're missing Andy and Fran today. We're sending shout outs to them. Uh, we're looking forward to them being back with us next week. Uh, we'll have a good show then, but this week is a, is a really interesting one because, uh, if you guys don't know for the people watching, um, the mid-level show is, is where we get our, our mid-levels together. The people who are in inside of all of our offices, seeing patients, and we discuss this past week's Dictations podcast, as well as the doctor's note written by Dr. Rogers. And we just do a deep dive. We, we try to give uh, other perspectives. We try to dive a little bit deeper, um, things that, that he might have not mentioned, that he's mentioned to them in passing or, or stuff that they've seen in the office. And, uh, and this week is on type 2 diabetes. And, and he makes a, a bold statement. Uh, at the beginning saying type two diabetes is reversible. And, you know, as you know, he mentioned in this note, that's not something that uh, people say a lot and people might not realize. So Amber, I'll start with you. Um, what, sh- what was your initial thoughts, you know, in type two diabetes being reversible? Um, is that, is that new to you as a provider, you know, before coming to performance medicine? What's kind of your, your origin story on that? I think so. concept because, you know, I was trained traditionally. So it's pretty much like, you know, this is the criteria for a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. If a patient comes in and this is their A1C, this is these are their blood sugars, then you prescribe this medication first, then this one, then this one. And then you don't really think about trying to reverse the underlying cause. And so this was really profound to me, even though we've been doing this because, you know, as he was saying, we check insulin levels a lot. And that was another thing that was new to me long before uh, patients A1C will be affected. Their insulin is going to skyrocket. So you may see someone with a 5.2 A1C and there, I saw one actually last week, insulin level was like a hundred. So they're just, their body is going to catch up with them as far as their sugars and A1C are to follow. But if we can really get to the underlying cause and, you know, with diet and, you know, cutting those carbs and reducing the insulin level, then it would be reversible because type two diabetes is not like type one where a patient doesn't have the pancreas produce. I mean, they have a pancreas, but it's not producing insulin where in type two, you have everything working, but you just are consumed 
sugar or carbohydrates for your body to keep up with the insulin production. Kara, why don't you follow up on, on what Amber was, was saying there, just with, with some of your origin story as a provider and some of the things that may have changed as you, as you started working at performance medicine and, and seeing patients in a more, from a more functional perspective. Well, I agree with Amber, and it becomes like a snowball effect. Patients come in and they say, I don't really eat that much. I can't lose weight. It seems like I'm just continuing to gain weight. And you start hearing which start triggers in our minds that you could be insulin resistant. And it's really the way that your body does process those sugars. And I think patients don't realize how many carbs are in certain things from these meal replacement bars. And sometimes they need a, a measurable uh, goal. Like we often use in medicine, as Dr. Rogers mentioned, you know, 50 carbs per meal per day is way too many. Um, as we know, low carb is carbs. So we recommend apps, you know, my fitness pass. count um count their carbs um another misconception is high protein and like dr rogers said that will eventually turn to sugar so he likes moderate protein high fat and low carb because the fat tends to keep you fuller for longer so, uh, good carbs and bad carbs good fat and bad fat so well i really like the way you you put that uh kara now how are you guys checking for insulin resistance? How does, how does someone know if they're insulin resistant? Because based on the note, it's not just uh, being overweight. Um, there's other factors as well. Uh, Amber, you want to just kind of tell the listeners out there um, how they can you know, see if they're insulin resistant? Well, um, absolutely. So the, the panel that I initially think of that is actually covered by insurance, you know, we don't... Um, we're not like an insurance uh, clinic, but we will run the Cleveland Heart, and um, that gives a full panel, and it's covered by insurance, and so you're going to pay a lab fee, but um, with certain insurances, so check it out. Um, in that panel, when it kind of looks at um, your, um, it'll look at your A1C and your blood sugar, but then it kind of breaks it down, and it'll look at your insulin level, and then we can just run an insulin level, but that's a very conclusive panel that's going to give a, a, a very wide look at not just breaks down your cholesterol and with the good and the bad. And it's also going to look at um, vitamin levels and things like that. So it's a really great test. Yeah. The, the, the Cleveland heart panel is something that, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, other I'm sorry. I, I agree. You know, a metabolic, a metabolic panel is good. And, and like Amber said, you know, there's other things that go hand in hand with that, you know, with the obesity, primarily in the abdominal region, hypertension, high cholesterol. So it's that's what happens is you have this perfect triad. You have high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol, and then you end up having this obesity, which can turn into insulin resistant and eventually type 2 diabetes. But that's why patients come to us that are knowledgeable and they want not waiting for something to happen but understanding um, how the body you not only looking at lab values but also evaluating the patient clinically 
That's what I was about to say, Kira. I had a patient. He was not obese, um, but he and uh, he was sharing his story with me. Uh, and he, he's probably maybe maybe 20 pounds, 15 pounds, uh, not obese. And uh, he's a worker, um, like um, he works outside. So he found himself drinking all the time, like just he was so thirsty. He could not get enough water. He was peeing all the time. And so we call that. Um, so the patient, and, and he was um, in full blown, you know, type two diabetes. And so um, he's done great. And, you know, he's, um, he's taking medications, but also, you know, diet controlled as well. So I think, as you're saying, look at the patient's profile and are there, or if, if you are listening and you're like, that's me, because it kind of just came on him all of a sudden, it was adult onset. So, um, you know, pay attention to uh, what your body is, what's happening and what's um, going on. That's true. You know, some patients that end up having bariatric surgery and as they lose the weight, they're able to discontinue on just by um, losing weight. And I think a lot of people consider this weight loss and diet, you know, diet and exercise, you know, a cliche, um, but we say it because it works. And not only that, but it makes you feel better and um, not so tired and have more energy and, so yeah I, I one thing that that he mentions can, can you guys hear me okay can you guys yeah okay sorry. cool 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 because cool. uh so, so i think some of the live function might be freezing up a bit sorry uh for the people listening that i hope that's just me but um but one thing that's mentioned in this note is the vicious cycle that getting on some of these medications can cause uh you know with the gosh he, he went through a a lot of diabetes medications that you guys know way better than i do but he talks about they, they, they put you on these medications to, I believe, lower your blood sugar. And then what it does is it, it gets you to want to eat more. And it's just a never-ending cycle of being on these medications. Uh, Amber, can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? Have you seen that in the office? Wait, tell me your question again, Ben, because it, it froze on me there. Did it freeze? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, it froze on me there, and then it was like... <laughs> We're, uh, so, so I'm talking about the, the vicious cycle of, of being put on a diabetic medication and in what, what you both are saying is how, you know, if we get to the root cause of eating and, you know, eating a low carb diet, you don't have to get on some of these medications to manage your blood sugar and insulin levels. Um, what's been your experience seeing, you know, how these diabetic medications work because, it sounds like Dr. Rogers is not against them. And he was, no. he was very clear about that. Can you just kind of yeah, riff on that bit? We use them. I'll just tell you right now, insulin scares me to death. And I have several patients who have come in and they've been seen by either a primary care or, you know, a different facility. And they were tested. They were found to be type 2 diabetic and they were tried on metformin. Oh, it made me sick. They, they were immediately put on insulin. So if you're listening, please do not jump to insulin. Insulin is very scary, you know, too much, too little. I mean, you're talking like comas here. So um, the, the agents that we use are, uh, they're different brands. There's, there's, I mean, I say brands, they, they different mechanisms of actions. There's SGLT2s. Those work, what he was saying, as far as peeing off the sugar, there's GLP-1 agonists. And those kind of work in the, the um, in the pancreas, the beta cells to help you absorb um, the, the sugar's better or, you know, to get the insulin levels more regulated. So 
everyone's going to start and he's we we've had you know uh, zoom we've had meetings about metformin and it's anti-aging properties and it seems to be a pretty beneficial drug in different capacities if you can tolerate it um and then you know there's there's um injectables there's orals and so i think you just have to go with what the you know talk to the patient their lifestyle um but as you were saying it is sometimes if you're not willing it's not you don't do an injection so that you can go eat your carbohydrates. So there needs to be a lifestyle change because I think sometimes, as you were saying, it's, well, I'm medicated, it's lowering my insulin level. So yeah, let's go, you know, and, and make poor choices. Not saying that you can never enjoy, you know, a piece of birthday cake or anything like that. I'm just saying that lifestyle changes are going to be more helpful. And then the medication may help, especially initially. And then as Kara was saying, maybe you can come off of those medicines once you get more in a better lifestyle pattern. And, and Kara, go, go ahead, Kara. You know, I, I agree uh, with Amber. And like you mentioned, then root cause, a lot of times our emotions um, drive some of our poor choices and getting to realize why we are doing also um, cultural. Actually, a lot of things are surrounded by food. You know, we're, we're upset, you know, or, you know, we want to celebrate and, um, there's certainly nothing wrong with that, but um, like Amber was saying, all things in moderation. It doesn't mean you can never have it. It's it's just um, being accountable, accountable to yourself, and um, knowing that it is uh, within your own control on the choices that uh, that you make. And, and we do have some really good medication. Metformin certainly was first line. And um, as she mentioned, the GLP-1s, um, they are injectable, sub-Q once a week. There's oral medications like, you know, Rebelsis um, that you can take daily um, that help. And, um, but it will continue to sneak back up. I want to jump on a few of those medications, Kara, because I know you're, uh, I've seen you uh, put a lot of patients on Saxenda and Victoza. Um, is that something that you're using for, for type 2 diabetes or using using in a different capacity? Um, Ozempic is my favorite because it is uh, gradually titrated up. It's just sub-Q once a week uh, rather than Victoza is daily, but I think um, they're all very good products, Saxenda included. Um, but, um, normally file insurance, but, um, it seems to be, uh, it seems to be better covered and also, um, it's tolerated very, it's, we use the diagnosis insulin resistance. So it's a patient with, um, appetite and also like Amber explained the way that GLP ones work in the body. And, and, and what Kara, I was going to say that as well, Kara, as far as Ozempic, um, if you're listening and you're kind of, you've been diagnosed and you're not really sure, you've just been on metformin and, or um, maybe you're even on insulin, you know, talk to your provider. Great. You know, we've had a lot of success with that. And then especially, you know, when you look at the numbers and even patient stories and weight loss and stuff, if you're like, I cannot inject, um, there's a lot of, of, uh, good news coming out about the SGLT2 Farsiga, especially if you're someone with high blood pressure or a history of any type of like heart, because it's coming out as being as a preventative for like heart failure. So, um, you know, talk to your doctor about those or come see us and we can talk about them because they, they have multiple benefits. 
I think um, it's just gotten approval to say it actually helps with protection uh, from heart disease, as you were saying. Um, and um, also, too, I do I do have one patient that comes in once a week for his Ozempic injection. He does not like needles, does not, but we have other patients that come in once a week for testosterone. He comes in once a week for Ozempic, and he has done very well. Um, it helps uh, reduce the amount of insulin that patients are on and get better control of their hemoglobin A1C and their um, blood sugars. Um, and some of the secondary benefits are, so it helps all the way around. Now, if you're someone who's borderline, and um, I'm sorry, Ben, I need to let you go. And I'll, I was going to say, and you're not yet on medication. Um, when Kara mentioned earlier my fitness pal, I was like, oh, yes, apps. Apps are so good for accountability. And my fitness pal is wonderful. I had a couple patients tell me about one called Carb Manager. Um, and it was very specific to carbs, so easy to use. Um, there's a Noob, N-O-O-B, which is a, a very it's an investment because it's going to be, there's going to be a counselor. You're going into the psychological. But, but these can be tools that you as a patient use to keep yourself accountable, but also help you if you're borderline, if you've been told you're borderline diabetic. <laughs> and as Dr. Rogers says, reversing that disease process. No, that's really well. to you. <laughs> That's that's well said by both of you, and and I think you know the big takeaway here, I think for most people is is that reversing type two diabetes is possible, and you know if you can take a like you guys mentioned some great tools to help you get low carb or help you hold hold yourself accountable towards a low carb diet. To, to me, that's the big message here is that it can be reversed. You know, there there's a there's a lot of hope out there, and I think that's part of or a big part of what we're trying to do at Performance Medicine and, you know, with Performance Medicine Audio uh, delivering this health information is give people a lot of hope. And, and you both did that today. So I, I really appreciate you guys going into the medications and, and talking about what you're seeing in the office. Um, is there any closing thoughts that either one of you have in, in terms of curing and reversing type 2 diabetes? Amber, I'll start with you. was my closing thought just you know try to um if you're borderline try to really you know take ownership of that accountability or come get some help from us and we'll try to um you know see where you go from there but you know these apps are, are good places to start if you have type 2 diabetes uh don't feel like it's an incurable um process and you know um, talk with your doctor about these medicines or come see us and we'll go from there kara and I just want to be encouraging, you know, don't give up. Make a mistake or a bad choice, then just, you know, um, try again the next day. So uh, don't give up and um, come down on yourself and just stay positive and just lean on um, those people that can help you. I, I really love that you said that, Kara, because I think so many people have a bad day or, you know, they, they feel like they let themselves down or someone else down, and then that becomes a, a domino effect, and that one day becomes five days. Um, so thank you for, for those encouraging words. If you, if you have a bad day, that's okay. You know, we all have them. And, you know, just get back up the next day and, and, and try again. Uh, but before I go, man, I, I don't want to get into my, my motivational mode. I know both of you have seen me in that mode. 
but uh, guys, we're, we're going to close up. I, I need to be you know aware of y'all's time. It's a it's around two p.m. The guys live who are watching, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for dealing with us in this new format. We're we're excited about the live function with the with the podcast. So uh, so thank you for for bearing with us here. We're going to continue to uh, to improve on that and and get it in more places live. Um, and for those of you who want to stick around uh, or are on Facebook later on today, Dr. Rogers is doing his live five at five Q&A show. Um, the five questions for today are submitted, but, uh, but those for next week are not. So if you have a question, send it to info at performancemedicine.net to get your question featured on five at five. Again, that's at five o'clock today. See Dr. Rogers live for his Q&A show. Uh, and this is the mid-level show. Uh, guys, thank you. Thank you. We're going to sign off. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.